Welcome, power people. You are listening to Tema Aziz Serwa, and this is episode two in our Heal the Mother Wound series. And I have two of my guests with me for this entire series. I have Queen Zariel. Say hello. Hello. I also have my mother, Linda Yule. Say hello. Hello. Greetings, everybody. We're having this dialogue because it's important. My intention is to make sure that we are able to be all that we're designed to be as women, as mothers, as daughters, as granddaughters. And I'm just literally using my podcast to let my listeners who are all over the world be able to hear the conversations that I have with my mother and my daughter. And hopefully you hear something that allows you to have a deeper, more meaningful experience with your mothers and your daughters. So tonight's topic is, it is your mother who teaches you what you deserve. It is your mother who teaches you what you deserve. And what you do with that knowledge sets the stage for how you make choices in your relationships and the type of relationships that you have. So I want everyone to take a deep breath and repeat after me. Say this out loud, in through the nose, out through the mouth. This is my declaration for you. Within you is everything you need to know to move forward, be whole, and be healed. Within you is a power so great That no matter what you experience, you can move through it with power and create new experiences for yourself. Within you is a spiritual force so profound that it can confuse medical science, override the physical laws of your body, and bring everything into divine order simply because you choose to believe that you can experience that. There are no limitations. If you need a miracle, all you have to do is activate it through faith. Close your eyes. Continue to breathe. You have everything you need to move forward. So if you are stuck, being stuck is a decision. When we talk about healing the mother wound, there's three opportunities. You have the opportunity for forgiveness right? You can forgive the miseducation about your true value and any traces of struggle ideology. You have the opportunity for clear recognition. You can recognize the patterns that you've inherited that contribute to your perception of low self-worth and value. And you have the opportunity for powerful change. You can change the pattern for those coming behind you by going deeper into self-love and self-acceptance. So let's start this conversation with Queen Zariel. Queen Zariel. Yes. I want to ask you something. What is it? Since you're my child and I'm your mother, is there anything that you've heard me tell you or showed you that helped you feel good about yourself? It is wish things. Okay, speak in the mic. So, step one. My mommy teaches me a lot of stuff and tells me a lot of stuff to help me learn because grown-ups keep you safe and good. Step two. My mommy takes care of me and checks so I'm safe and healthy and she checks so I'm really good. Step three, my mommy makes me some food. She makes me really happy. She made me Christmas dinner. It was really good, so I like my mom. Step four, my mommy is really beautiful, and she helped me learn to do things. And now I got five stuff my mommy sold me. She sold me a bluebird, and it was really fun because she knows a lot of stuff, and I saw a lot of stuff with my mom, like outside with the sun and flying out. That is Queen Zariel's perspective of what I've shown her and said to her and that her helps her feel good. My, she also healed people's womb, too, so you will learn, too. 
<laughs> Thank you for chiming in, Queen Zariel. Have you ever witnessed me feel sad or not good about myself? Well, it might have before. Sometimes people can be a little hard on kids. Sometimes, like your parents tell you something to do, and your kids had to do something, or like this. My grandma is saying, "Go get me something now," and I say, "One moment," because I'm trying to get something that my mommy told me. But too much work, and it makes me upset. I close my door and lock it, and then no one would be coming in, and I'll just be playing with my toys. That's a good decision. When you get to a point of overwhelm, you got to take care of yourself. We're gonna. I'm gonna talk to your grandma for a little bit. Okay. Thank you for chiming in. So, Linda. Jean, Tarver, Yule, that is my mother, that's the womb from which I came. When you hear the topic, and you hear me say that it is your mother who teaches you what you deserve, what comes to your mind? Memories, first of all. The memories of the dreams of saying, hey, you're going to get it right this time. There are things that you have learned during your lifetime. There are things that you see, you hear, you feel. And now that you have the responsibility to show another human being that is bone of your bone flesh, of your flesh, that's your blood, you want this generation to be greater than the generation that you grew up in. So... You begin showing things like, if I'm going to call this person baby, what is it that a baby needs? And that's not just as a infant baby, but I, I, I wanted to um, remember those things that were shared and shown even before you had the man call you baby. Um the memories of opening the door for you as a child. A chivalry was one of the things that I, I love to demonstrate. But even greater than that was self-care and how you, how you had to be the number one in taking care of yourself, not depending on your mommy, your daddy, your brothers, a lover, those are the things that came to mind when you first gave the topic of inventory of what have I shown her? What have I told her? What have I been an example for her? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that definitely came to my mind when I heard it. I actually heard that statement in a class I had taken that was designed to help me process some of my emotional trauma around toxic relationships that I had experienced. Um, but even as I sit in the energy of the topic now, one of the things that comes to my mind is the pressure that comes with the role of mother, right? The cultural uh, template that we have been given around mothering places a lot of responsibility on women to, like you said, get it right, to try to make sure that we cross every T, we dot every I. Um, and I think it's an unrealistic expectation. Matter of fact, um, I pulled out for this recording a book I have called Mothers and Daughters, Loving and Letting Go by Evelyn Basoff, PhD. And one of the things she says um, in this book, her whole book is designed to help mothers and daughters know how to let go of each other. <laughs> and in my journey of being mothered and being a mother, one of the crossroads that we face with each other is how do I give you the amount of love that you need to know that you are valuable and worthy of everything you desire and simultaneously participate in your growth and development in a way that gives you room to be outside of my love and care. Too many mothers hold on too long 
to their daughters. They don't know how to turn off the mothering. But even in nature, we see this. We see that the bird says, you got to get up out of this nest and fly. You can't feed off of my energy forever or it actually will stunt your growth and development because it is natural and instinctual for children and mothers to separate. A daughter will not achieve her full expression of womanhood up under her mother. And a mother will never experience her acceptance of her daughter's expression of womanhood in a chronic state of trying to fill every void in her life. And that's one of the things that Evelyn Bassoff speaks to in her book. And so when we talk about your mother teaching you what you deserve, I think an, an important piece of the conversation is mothers not only telling their daughters that you deserve to be first in your life, but them actually living a life where they're showing their daughters that they too put themselves first. So what are some of your thoughts about putting yourself first, Zariel? When you hear me say it's important to put yourself first, what do you think about that? It makes me think about having fun and more stuff to do and cleaning because my mom asked me to. So I love my mom. Okay. But outside of, and I know you're six, and so I may be asking you something that you have not thought about. But outside of the things that I ask you to do as your mom, are there things that you do for yourself that I don't have to ask you to do? Yep. Like what? Like clean my own room about the one I can make. Okay. And even like talking to my grandma's face. Okay. <laughs> talking to your grandma's face. Grandma, look. Ooh. It's on my tape. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Zariel. And also, you should always love your elders in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yes, you should always love your elders. And here is your earring, Mama. Thank you. She's made me an earring out of tape. <laughs> So, mom, when when you hear me talk about the importance of mothers demonstrating that you deserve to, to take care of yourself and put yourself first, how do you reconcile um, the things that you've instilled in me and the transitions that we went through in our relationship when I needed space, distance, and I actually didn't need you? A lot of times when we talk about mothering, it's all about what you need from your mother. But there's some real moments in a a child's development where they need to not need you and have space. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you are a treasure. I'm remembering the, the times when even in infancy when you would whine, cry, call, my my natural instinct was to try to give you whatever it is that you needed. Being a breastfed baby, you were latched to me a lot because taking a bottle wasn't wasn't something you wanted to do. But I found that I was becoming overwhelmed with the needs of the infant versus the need of the mother. And then I begin learning that gotta let the baby cry sometimes. It's good for her lungs. It's good for the development of everything. So even though I did not want to hear you cry, once I knew that your needs had been met, that you were dry, that you had been fed, that you had been cuddled. I had to let go of running to make sure that you were okay. Even in toddlerhood, there were a lot of demands on attention to play and other things that toddlers do. 
And sometimes it was hard to say, "Mm mm-mm, you do it. I've shown you. I've demonstrated it to you. So when the teen years, the 20s, the 30s hit, all, all that prior experience that I had in letting go was very good. Um, some things are not difficult at all because it's my dream. It's my dream to see my child be able to take care of not just herself, her family, and all those that she care about as a choice. That these things happen because you give the space to grow. Being a mother... It, it, it's it's a covenant. It, it's not something I can change. Um, how I mother, it, there's a difference between mothering a child versus mothering an adult. Um, always, always my child. Always my baby. Always the love of my heart. However, there are different things that have to be done to give the space to grow. Got to give the space to grow. Not just for you, but space for me to grow too. Yeah, Evelyn gave an example of a mother and daughter client that she counseled in her book. And the daughter lived well. Mom was wealthy. Dad was wealthy came up in a two-parent home, but as soon as that baby went to college, her uh, mental illness kicked in and she began to act out and get in trouble. And every step of the way, mama would insert herself and rescue her daughter. And the more she did it, the more resentful the daughter got because what mama didn't realize, and, and Evelyn breaks this down well, and the example was her daughter needed to see her mother say, I deserve to have boundaries. And I deserve to not need to martyr my resources and myself. I have a life to live outside of just being your mother. Because sometimes as mothers, we forget that before I became a mother, I was a woman, a human being that had a whole value system and life and identity outside of just being mother. And so mom, when was the moment when you recognized that you were needing as my mother to take space and return to your life outside of mothering me because I was grown and I had developed my own life and my own way of being that I no longer needed your intimate, let me come in and show you how this is energy because I have figured out for myself what it looks like for me. When was that moment for you? It's always been there, even before adulthood. Um, life is is such a wonderful journey that children will teach you as you go along. Um, every day, I'm still who I am. Even before com- becoming a mother, I was always love. So love never ends for me. Um, but I'm not asking about love. I'm asking because I want our listeners to have some practical tools, right? Okay. When you look at the journey of motherhood at a very practical level, you birth a newborn baby. They can't feed themselves. They can't take themselves to the bathroom. Obviously, the role of mothering is very involved because of the stage of development of your child. But the listeners need to know, those who are mothers, those who are daughters, those who are grandmothers, where's the breaking point in terms of, I now recognize that my child does not need me in those type of ways, that maybe I'm no longer my child's teacher, that they need separation so that I can return to developing myself in certain ways and have more room and energy for myself. And my child does not feel the weight and responsibility. One of the things that 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 daughter said in the book, an example I was just talking about was the guilt she felt over knowing 
that I need distance from my mother, but she won't recognize it. She won't give it to me. And then when the mom finally came in the counseling session, she was able to recognize in that moment, it took her, um, her point of recognition came when her daughter was struggling in college. I'm asking you, when did your point of recognition come that I no longer needed you to mother me in the ways that I needed earlier in my life? As I was saying about love and how love never dies, when you love a person enough to let them go, let them experience, I'm going to give you a very good example. I remember when my son wanted to touch the oven and I was always trying to protect him. No, it's hot, hot. Trying to teach him what hot meant. Taking things that were warm and letting him feel it and taking ice cubes and letting him feel it. Saying, this is cold, this is hot. Don't want you hurt. And my mother said to me, let him go. And I said, but mama, he'll burn himself. That's how he's going to learn. And I cried and cried and cried when my son touched the oven and he burned his hand. The same thing happened with you. Even in adulthood, when there are things that I see that I think, hmm, should I share even my opinion? And there are times I keep my mouth shut. I keep my body away. I do the distance because I have learned that the experiences that you experience as an adult, even as a child, those experiences are like watering the flower. It's like changing the soil. Yeah, I recognized it very early. And as I continue to grow, as I continue to be here, there are times that I get great downloads about, all right, can't plant that seed. It's already planted. Got to let it grow. Got to let it go. Um, even when it's not recognized that I'm doing that, I'm doing it. I've, I've been doing it since day one. Um, before you even came into the womb, I was talking to you about Mm-hmm. Right now you're in my belly and, you, and you're kicking me and you're bothering me. But let me tell you something. We're going to be separated this way when you come out of my body. And you can kick all you want, but you're not going to kick me. So it's always been there, my child. And it will continue to be there and it will be exhibited in different ways. Whether it's seen or not, it's, it's happening. There's no choice. It has to happen. It's the only thing that grows. You you cannot take a caterpillar out of the cocoon and expect the butterfly to fry. It, it won't happen. The butterfly becomes damaged and it doesn't learn to fly and it dies early. Mm, that, that will not and is not your story. Yeah, I hear you. And, you know, it makes me think about my... Uh, mothering of Zaz, as y'all know, Zaz is six years old and she's in that stage of development where there are still a lot of things that she needs from me. But like you, I absolutely give her a lot of freedom to choose her path and choose her experiences. Um, And I'm sure when she gets to other stages of development, um, I may feel challenged because a lot of times... Um, I want the vision I hold for her to be fulfilled in certain ways, but I also understand that she's her own person. She's got to make some choices along the way. So thank you for sharing that. So the other piece of the conversation, you know, I want to highlight when we talk about it's your mother who teaches you what you deserve is having those conversations, right? As an adult, um, The conversations between you and I transform from mom, teach me, I need to know certain things to woman to woman, I need to know certain things. And we recently had a clearing conversation about some of the choices that you made in my upbringing that affected um, what I accept and what I resonate with and what I tolerate 
in my relationships? And what was it like for you when I began to challenge um, and express that some of the choices I felt like you made as my mother set me on a path that created a disadvantage for me? What was it like for you having those conversations with me? Um, there was a conversation that you and I had where I shared with you that I was feeling sad and you said, why? But because it was said that my daughter is just like her mother. And you said to me, well, I take that as a compliment. And I said, thank you for saying that, but. There is so much about me that I did not want you to be. And as an adult to an adult, and I see these things that still take place, I have said to myself many a times, I taught her choice. So even though she may have seen something that I did not do, I I know that she has the ability to make her own choices. Repeat the question. I get lost sometimes with the, <laughs> the, the explaining. But what was what was the direct the, question? The direct, the direct question was, how do you experience me when I'm challenging you and expressing that there are things mm-hmm. that I feel like place me at a disadvantage because of your choices? Yeah. My choices... Um, versus your choices you have a choice to live whatever life you desire to live as an adult as an adult as a child i did not well the question is how do i i have resolved this okay There were times when I used to brag about my parenting until I saw that things that took place and choices that I made affected my children adversely. What happened has happened. It's like putting a nail in wood. You can pull the nail out, but the hole is still there. My involvement in your life now in regards to the choices that you now make because of some miseducations that took place before you got to where you are is this. I am confident that it's in you. Whatever you want as this adult, you will have. Everything doesn't turn out the way that we want it to. Everything isn't hunky-dory, and everything isn't sad. Everything isn't bad. Whatever happened, I do know this. I have a mantra of, it had to happen. When things are, are really heavy, and I see the direction that it's going, and I'm talking about in relationship to you and I, I have been gifted with this ability to see the good in everything that takes place. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of what you go through to still find the flower in the desert, to still find how trouble becomes your friend. How seeing it here, I'm I'm gonna end it with this. As an eagle, I used to under Stand that eagles soar in a storm. That they're eager for a storm to come because the wing that the wind that comes beneath their wings is what they need in order to move. I remember seeing a documentary about eagles, and I was appalled at the fact that the mother eagle pushed the baby her babies out of the nest so early and then I got a better understanding wow 
I've been doing that. Regardless of my mistakes, my ins and outs, I have been pressuring my children to have a better experience at life than I do. And when I see you guys as adults, you, my daughter, and my son, there are times that I have to deal with, hmm, do I feel guilty about this? Is this something to be, to be proud of? And then there's the, at what age do they decide it's going to be different? I did that with my mom. There was an age that I decided the things I saw my mother do and the way I saw my mother do it is not going to be my story and my mothering. And then recognizing the days, oh my gosh, I'm just like my mother. And even today, as my body was reminding me that what my mind thinks I'm able and capable of doing, the body says, eh, we've aged now. All of that which you did before, (laughs) you know, wore it out. Bones don't move like they used to. Everything is changing. Nothing stays the same and I was apologizing to my mother who's been dead for quite a few years now but I I, when these moments come up I say out loud to her I understand I see differently now because I know now what you went through at this particular age and it's not just with my mobility, my body, but in everything, the the way she did things differently, the way she cooked different, the way she cleaned different, all the things that as a child and even into adulthood that I, I couldn't quite understand. It's like, why is she different? Oh yeah, I, I get it. And And there's many people in my life that are no longer here, that I still talk to out loud saying, oh my gosh, I get it. Especially the saying of my grandmother, be here long enough, baby. Mm -hmm. Be here long enough. So with you and the choices that you have, um, I I don't doubt that you won't get to every goal that you're able to get to, regardless of what your past has has mixed in there you have everything that is needed inside of you to make this journey will there be tears for you yes heartache yes will you cry yes will you rebel yes will you fight for what you want yes one thing that i said to you don't let anybody no matter who it is not even your mother ever get in the way to hinder you from what you want. And this is what happened when you were going off to college. I said, if I cannot help her, I will not hinder her. And it's still, it's still with me. I will not hinder you if I can help you. And I really, I really understand when you say, I don't need you for this. I don't need you for that. Even the I don't need you that I get. I understand it totally. I've been there. And now I'm here. I think it's a natural and healthy part. I think when, um, and, and I'm going a, I'm to a quote, I found a page on the quote I wanted to share in this book. She says, maternity has two seemingly opposite aspects. A mother's tasks are to create a unity with her child and then piece by piece dissolve it. I love that because that's the journey. Um, And I kind of feel like that principle transfers to all relationships. There is such a thing as too much attachment and too much detachment so it's like a dance and every season has a different energy and and need 
um, for how you flow in every season. I really got passionate about this conversation through my work with my clients because I had a lot of women in their 40s and 50s um, still processing things that they did not feel they they needed from their mothers. Um, and the reality of my mom is aging and I'm starting to feel a certain vibration of obligation in a relationship. And I started hand walking them through what I'm talking about, healing your mother wound. And I, I put out, for those of you who follow me on YouTube, I put out a clip on my channel, having a conversation with my elder mothers, because I'm a you know community child. So I, I find mother and a lot of women asking them to not use their aging as the reason that they are not still available to the healing work that needs to be done between them and their children. And I remember so many people were responding to that request saying, thank you for the reminder. My my whole premise was if you're still alive on earth, which is the classroom, then there's still things to learn and master. And sometimes any of us, whether we're on, you know, the mother side, daughter side, we don't realize the ways in which we bypass our personal development work in the name of, I'm out of this, you on your own, you can make your own choices. You know, a lot of my clients said that's how their mothers would respond when they would say, when I was 14, this experience happened and I need to understand your perspective. We've never talked about certain things. We've never had certain conversations. So I appreciate one of the things that my mother has given me my entire life is the ability to speak my truth. That's probably why I yap so much on the internet now. And I don't have any um, fear about what I say and my thoughts. And I remember mom, when people in our family, some of them old school principal people that grew up and stay in a child's place and just do what I say and don't ask no questions would criticize you for giving me and Tyrone the freedom to speak our truths and say what we need to say and get it out. And now that I'm an adult, I realize that part of the gift of that is you always knew what was in the hearts of your children because you allowed us to speak our truth. So I honor you for that. And I honor the dance that you and I take and trying to keep our relationship at peace. Because it's a dance. People change every year. Your body changes every couple of years. Um, and so I just wanted to have this conversation. I wanted y'all to hear the conversation. If you trace how you developed your self-perception, what you think you deserve, Examine how your mom's being, teachings, words, energy, interacted with that. And for the mothers who have daughters and sons, be mindful. Do your work. When Zariel said to me, mom, I want to be like you because I had delay and getting her here, it created space for me to really work on myself in preparation for motherhood. So the first time I heard her say that, I didn't have that feeling of cringing because I had already committed to being the kind of woman that I would want her to be. So it was a compliment. It was a confirmation that, ooh, this is a good thing, Tamer, because you work on yourself. And you will not be a hypocrite and tell her to live a life that you're not willing to live and do work that you're not willing to do. My mantra in mothering is I can show you better than I can tell you. And I do my best. Now, I'm sure there might come a point in my journey with my daughter where I have some gaps. But I think that's also the part of the conversation because it really does take a village to raise these children. What I cannot do for Zah, if I'm able to see it and recognize it, I supplement. I pull in support. I pull in aunties. I pull in therapists. I pull in tools 
to make sure she can have a whole experience and her development. But even when you do all of that, the reality is mothers, you are not going to be everything your child needs all the time. And you should have a plan for that. You should have a plan for what to do when your dreams for your child aren't her dreams. You should have a plan when you realize that she doesn't need you. And you should be good to yourself and take care of yourself and return to what you need for yourself. Um, and so I'm going to let mama get back in. She has something she wants to say. When you took your trip out of town and Zariel and I remained here, uh, after you left, <laughs> Zariel said, Woo! Freedom! Freedom! I got freedom! I said, well, what does that mean? Grandma, I'm not going to need you for this, 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 this. And she gave me her list. I love you, but let me be free. And I said, now what does this, what is this going to look like? Is that right, Zaria? Yep. And <laughs> I so. Said, freedom. And I said, Grandma, I love you, but this is the time when I can be alone. Freedom. That's what she said, exactly. <laughs> so I, I honored that. I watched her. I supported her in what she wanted to do. And when it came time for her to fix something on the stove, I said, Baby, hold the handle. Why? And I explained to her why. I want to do it my way. And when the pot hit the skin, all I could do was say, oh, please don't don't burn. Please don't leave a scar. <laughs> I'm letting her experience the, I don't need you, Grandma, just... Something. Yeah. At first time when I was with my mom, you wasn't here. I burned myself, and I said, "Oh my!" Yeah. So you burned yourself again when you were with me cooking, and the what it taught me from Zariel's perspective was we all have choices of deciding how we want you to help us. After she burned herself, I, I you know, the first thing I want to do is let me see it. Let, and she says, no, no, I got this. And what Zariel said to me is, I learned my lesson and I might do it again. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I thought to myself, wow. And then there came the night when she said, okay, I have a magic wand. And since I'm free, I'm going to tap you on the head and you're going to become a six-year-old. And I said, okay, don't tap me for real. Oh, Grandma, it won't hurt. And we're going to become mermaids in the tub together. No, the, the, tub's, the tub's not big enough for your grandma to stretch out and the two of us. And, and besides, Zariel, your mother is not here. And if your grandmother somehow is stuck in the tub and cannot get out on on her own, what will we do? Oh, I got this, Grandma. Here's the plan. One plan was she would lift me out herself. <laughs> the other plan was give me the code to your phone so I can make a call. Um, we have neighbors, and we I can go downstairs and get one of the neighbors, and they can, oh, yeah, there's, he, there's a neighbor downstairs that's a guy that he could come. <laughs> I said to her, Zariel, I know. I said, Zariel, I I don't want that man to come in here seeing me naked in the tub. She said, well, I'll get a sheet and wrap around you, grandmother. But just imagine this, grandma. I said, what? The arms come around you that are strong. And he lifts you up and carries you. I said, you know what? I am not. While your mother's gone. I am not getting in the tub with you. Well, it didn't turn out that way. I did get in the tub with her. We had lots of bubbles and we became mermaids. And I did get out of the tub on my Thank own God. accord. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. 
but but what I had to go through to let Zariel experience the freedom that she asked for, the choices that she was making, and what the consequences would be if it didn't turn out in my favor. <laughs> As long as I'm able to rise on my own accord, I will rise. No, I'm going to tell one of your neighbors who is a boy and ask them to pick you up. <laughs> I don't know what kind of date and service Queen Zariel got going on over here, but... No, it, it even in mothering Zariel, there's a thin line, and I'm her primary parent, so she's with me. Um, and so there's a thin line between you're free and you're wild and uninhibited because I'm a wild and free woman. I raised my child to be the same. We don't care too much about what other people think about us because we are in tune with what we think about ourselves. But she still is at a stage in her development where she needs structure. Right. So it's it's difficult for me sometimes because I see what I've created <laughs> and Zariel truly has a high emotional IQ for her age and spiritual IQ. Yes, I um, yes you do, dear. But she also is six as in as a term of not a deer as an animal child. <laughs> So, Zariel, what does it feel like for you when I'm giving you boundaries and I'm telling you something that you want to do, you can't do? It's sometimes making me sad. Okay, it makes you sad. And what do you do with the sadness? Um, I slide to take it away, but yes. Raise up. Just mm -hmm. And it makes you sad because... Because can I get lonely? So you so when I'm when I'm giving you instruction that goes against what you want to do, it makes you feel alone. Mm -hmm. Even though I could still be physically there. <laughs> Standing right there with you. You still feel alone? Yeah, because I'm gonna be in my room crying on my pillow. Are you crying because you can't do what you want to do or are you crying because I'm not standing with you and what you want to do? Standing with you and not wanting to do with you. Mm -hmm. So see, this is a perfect example of her stage of development and the attachment dynamic. Hey, it's like, of course, you can tell me. And also, question. once you get the if you're going to go to the top with me, I'm going to tell one of my neighbors who is a boy I pick you up. So see, here's the difference between <laughs> me and your grandmother. Here's the difference between me and your grandmother. The difference is your grandmother will get in that tub with you. However, your mama, when I say no, my nose are clear and concise and I mean no. So ask one of the boy neighbors who I will be and we'll have a towel and we'll tell him, you pick up my mommy I really don't know what's happening on this episode. I have no idea where where this is coming from. Your grandma has a boyfriend? See, this is stuff we need to talk about. Um, I knew when I decided to bring my mother and my daughter into the Hill Everything podcast that I was risking some things being said that I didn't necessarily want y'all to hear. But y'all know I don't care. This is my life and real life. And I'm really hoping that the conversation has sparked some thoughts about your mothering, how you were mothered, and my biggest, biggest, biggest hope is that you really get clear about your womanhood and that you are the kind of woman that you would want your daughters to be. And that if you recognize some gaps, if you still have breath in your body, then use that breath to close the gap. Because our daughters are watching, our grandchildren are watching, our mothers are watching. It's a full circle of interaction that's taking place. And to me, it's a beautiful dance. It has its highs, it has its lows, it has everything in between. But if everybody in the dynamic 
and I'll use my family as an example. If my mother, if myself, if my child, if we all are fulfilling our assignment for being born and being the best versions of ourselves, then something very healthy and powerful is happening in our matriarchal lineage. I don't think women should forget themselves, their dreams, and their wishes in the name of their children. And I don't think children should expect their mothers to do so. I think there is a delicate balance between mothers and daughters. And where we wound each other, children can wound their mothers, mothers can wound their children. If everybody involved is invested in being the best version of themselves, you'll see it. And you'll begin to figure out how to be medicine to each other. Sometimes that looks like having conversations, becoming closer. Sometimes it looks like leave me be and let me figure out why it hurts to begin with. Give me room to go through my process without feeling the weight of will my process affect my mama a certain way or affect my child a certain way. No, 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 no. Before you became mama or daughter, you were just here and you get to take the journey. And hopefully we are getting enough information through this series where each of you can take the journey in a way that honors the process and your autonomy. I love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. Feel free to pop into Let the Womb Be Heard. Share your feedback on this episode. What was the aha moments? What were the moments that had you cracking up? You know, I just love to interact. And um, I pray that this helps you go a little deeper in your journey of healing everything. Zariel, before we close out, is there anything you like to pray and bless the listeners with? Bless every piece of your body and check so you are safe in your purposes. Ashe, y'all have a good night. Peace. So before I forget, we have a feature with our podcast where you can respond to the conversation with a voice message. All you have to do to be included in the dialogue is go to anchor.fm forward slash heal everything forward slash message. It'll pick up your microphone and you can record your response to any of our podcast episodes. So go ahead and enjoy this upcoming episode. Tune in, take your notes. And when it's all said and done, you are welcome to send a voice message so we can hear your reaction to it. I love you.